You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where each and every week we try to answer the questions that are on the nation's minds. And they let us know, Pam, by calling us at 214-702-9565 or email us at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And so as we start the show today, mm-hmm. Pam, what do you do if I give you these prompts? Okay. A hammock, a remote place, and your spouse. Well, there's a few things that come to mind. Do tell. Well, might be just laying in the hammock together. Fair enough. Napping. It might be a remote place, so I'm assuming... I'm picturing it on a beach under a palm tree, and it's a private beach. Nobody else is around. Fantastic idea there. So take your mind and roll with that one. Well, and that's this is an idea that came from one of our sponsors, uh, the Adventure Challenge mm-hmm. in Bed Book. Nice. They give you prompts. They give you encouragements of things that you can do that will spice up your sex life mm-hmm. and your relationship and your intimacy. So it's sometimes it's real specific. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just for the connection. Mm-hmm. And I love this idea because it worked for us. And it may or may not have been at a campground. I'm not saying any more than that. Well, this is Sexy Marriage Radio. If you want to take advantage of our sponsor, the Adventure Challenge in bed, then we're going to encourage you to... Or in a hammock. (laughs) You can do it in bed or in a hammock. Absolutely. Uh, Go to theadventurechallenge.com and use our code SMR20. That'll get you 20% off of the book. Again, that's theadventurechallenge.com. Use our code SMR20 to get 20% off. And we thank them so much for not only being a sponsor of our show, but also just helping marriages liven things up and deepen the connection. That's right. Well, coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio, we're going to do, a, I guess it's kind of like a, a hybrid rapid fire, longer question, longer answers. Um We've got a, a queue of questions that we're going to try to work our way through as far as we can, but we're going to go a little deeper with them. Okay, but they're from the Christian Zucker sometimes. Side, yeah, so right? still get a chance okay. to collaborate and answer questions from his audience. And mm-hmm. this is something that came in a couple of weeks back and ran mm-hmm. uh, on his stories. But this is one that I want to just take and answer some of them a little bit further Perfect. And, and kind of build off of that because it's it's just great to hear from a, ver- a vast array of people mm-hmm. with a lot of different questions. And today, everybody gets the full show. Sweet. All that's coming up today on the show. All right, so we're starting off with our first question. I'm going to read the questions, and you I'll, give I'll, us the answer, I'll Dr. answer, Allen. but then I'll also ask you to answer some of them, just Perfect. because it's more fun that Sounds way. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay, number one. How should husbands find a good place for consent in marriage? I love to pursue my wife, and she says she loves to be touched unexpectedly and romantically. But something to me feels wrong about just touching her. But when I ask, hey, can I touch your boobs? It just kills the mood. (laughs) That is a mood killer. Totally a mood killer. (laughs) Is it okay if I touch you here? And is it okay? Oh, Yeah, because this is one of those weird, interesting, societally based questions right now. Because consent's a real deal. It is. Right. And it and it is something that matters on on a large scale as a as a civilized population. Mm-hmm. 
But what's interesting to me is in marriage, marriage already has a certain level of assumed consent. Mm, I would agree. Namely, that it's a sexual relationship. Mm -hmm. So hear this very, very clearly to anybody that's listening in the nation. That does not mean no isn't a complete sentence Mm -hmm. and must be honored. It should be honored, yes. And that does not mean that it's there are times, unfortunately, across the country and across the globe where it's not this is abused. Mm-hmm. This idea of consent. Well, you said so, so therefore I can do whatever I please. Mm-hmm. Um, so with this with his question, what's interesting to me is he's struggling with his own wrestling with this word. Not hers. Yeah, she doesn't seem to have a problem. She likes to be touched unexpectedly. She likes to be touched romantically. He's the one that feels wrong touching her. And who knows what went on in his past, his history, or if it's just he's hearing all these things in the news and society and thinks every time he touches his wife, he's got to get permission. Yeah, and there's also an element, I think, that plays out in marriage, particularly with uh, men that I've come across, and this has been my own journey to a degree as well, that were raised in a Christian mindset, worldview, mm-hmm. that the aggressiveness, the, the assertiveness with our sexual nature, it's hard to come to grips with how do I have a more uh, raw, carnal edge mm-hmm. at times? Because there is a dichotomy and polarity that plays out with a lower desire wife and a higher desire husband in the whole world of being taken. That sometimes for some of the lower desire women I've talked to, they love that idea of feeling the power and the prowess and that energy that comes within. Yeah, yeah. That's where you just, you got to have open communication with this. But that's that idea of, do I have to have consent to express that? Do I? And that's where sometimes as a husband, I think, and as a man, there's this whole, it just feels, it's right on the edge and it just feels uncomfortable. I'm not uncomfortable with that in myself. But if and she's made it clear she wants to be taken. So this is his growth opportunity to see yeah. how does he explore what it is she's already welcomed mm-hmm. and grow into what it is he wants to become and try it out. So good on him for asking that question and also good on you for having a certain level of respect for women in general to where that's on the radar mm-hmm. because that probably means you treat women well. Yeah. Good job. All right. Second question. Been married 10 years to a man with an extremely high sex drive. The past few years have been better, and I've been able to give him a quote unquote hand when I'm not in the mood. But recently it's gotten more transactional. Nearly every single night I give him a hand, and we have full sex maybe once a month. I want to help him, but don't want to have sex that often either. Okay, so this rings. The first thing that rings to me in this is what is it that each of them are seeking in the act of sex together and individually? Mm -hmm. What's the meaning they've attached to it? Because this sounds like this isn't necessarily, this is a transaction. Well, which is what she said straight out. That's that's exactly what this is predominantly. mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if even the full on sex is still a transaction. I would love to know more from her Mm -hmm. on does she leave, reach levels of orgasm? Does she reach times where she gets to be given a hand right? and incorporate an element of foreplay to this? Or is it truly just he's using this to cope? He's using this to sleep. He's using this for his anxiety releases. He's using this for 
identity and val- validity of himself. And if that's the case, it stays transactional. Yeah, I mean, in that scenario, at what point does she ever find herself at the point of finding pleasure in this? I mean, yeah, who who's going to want more of that? Right. Well, if you start looking at it as, okay, this can be something I can offer as a service. I can be a, an ally in this to help you. But if it becomes a more transactional to where it's feeling diminishing to her, that's where she's got to have the courage to be able to say, you know what? You have a hand to, you can take care of it. Right. I'll, I'll, I may even lay beside you, but I'm out on being participating in, in the way I have been, because at least it starts to put a line out there of like, I want something different than this. Mm-hmm. I don't want this just to be all around you because mm-hmm. that's what it sounds like it is. But that's a courageous move to disrupt things because a lot of times lower desire wives that in my experience that are in this kind of predicament find themselves stuck because they can only foresee if I say no and I stop or I change what it is that I want in this, one, I have to examine what do I really want out of this because sometimes I don't know. And that's hard to work because then I do have to examine. I got to figure that out. And two, what will he do in the meantime? Because the times I've rejected in the past, he's been mean, he's been spiteful, he's been cold, he's been vindictive, he's been pouty, Mm -hmm. whatever it could be. Well, okay. And then the undercurrent of that can be, depending on your upbringing, um, if, you don't, if you don't help a man out, he'll go get it elsewhere because men are canine and have no self-control. That, I mean, that's a message some people send. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That doesn't so, necessarily mean he's going to do it, but that's a message absolutely, people have Absolutely. But that's head. part of the, what builds into our stuckness, right? Mm-hmm. That is that whole, yeah, the worst case scenario is where my mind goes. And so the, the courage it takes to actually speak up and say... I don't like this dynamic. I don't like this being transactional. I could understand occasionally it is, but I want more than this, which might mean you need to learn some self-control, dude. And you might mean to realize, you know what, if you want better quality with me, maybe the quantity goes down a little bit. But then she also has to look at it as, do I want more than a month, uh, once a month? Does she want to seek it for herself? Right. What does she get out of it? Can she speak up about what she likes and doesn't like? Can she seek it? That takes courage too. It does. Because you can look at it as, I don't know what I want. Okay, that's fine. Because there's a lot of people, men and women, both, that when it comes to their sex life, they don't know what they want. But you do know what you don't want. You've already started then. Because as you move down the path, you start speaking up about what you don't want, which helps starting to narrow in what it is you probably do. So first step to address that, right? Because you don't want to go in and I I guess my gut reaction when you just said, is she telling him you have to learn some self-control? No. Because that doesn't seem like a good. No, no. That's that's just kind of a global statement on the on the dynamic. Okay. On the system. If I was working with both of them, that would be a that would be something I would say. So you have no self-control to be able to miss a night. Okay. I mean, and you're okay with just a hand job when what you're probably saying to her is, but I want, I really want to connect with you. I really want to. You know. Right. But where, how's that connection happening? Right. If you know, she's getting resentful. Right. About. Well, this is the, this is that classic conundrum of a higher desire husband and oftentimes much higher desire mm-hmm. 
that claims and takes the stance of, I want a wife that wants this too, right? I want, I want her to be into it and engaged and fully alive sexually in yeah. our encounters. But yet when sex starts, when, whenever the, the idea of the act is brought up and introduced and then progresses towards whatever it culminates to be, oftentimes it's like she just is doling out crumbs and he is gladly gobbling them up, right? Where she doesn't offer up much because it's, it's more part of the transaction of just get off my back. It's kind of like encouraging bad behavior, huh? Right. And okay. so you're saying, I want this, but you are ravenous about what's offered, which is basically making neither of you have to look at what are you really doing in it? Mm-hmm. That's part of what I'm hearing in this is what she's saying is, I don't like this. It's gotten transactional. What's in this for me? There's her, there's her open. Do something about it. Right. There's your open. What's in this for me? Mm-hmm. And when you can figure that out, you bring that to him. And then you're going to up, up, upset some things. It's going to be uncomfortable for a little bit, but you see how they respond. Yeah, that's what opens the door to making it better. Mm-hmm. All right, the next question. My wife's bad at blowjobs. I told her she's amazing at them years ago, and now she usually asks if I enjoy them in the moment, and I always say yes. I'm in too deep, and I don't want to hurt her by telling her she's bad at them. But also, don't want bad blowjobs anymore. Can you help a guy out here? <laughs> this is quite the conundrum. It is. <laughs> because, so he's stuck between the choices of continuing to lie to his wife about her oral sex skills and receiving less than ideal blowjobs. Yeah. Or being honest about her skill set and hurting her feelings. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Okay. Is it possible, in the way you're reading this, Pam, because she asks, right? And did I, I heard that. Mm-hmm. Like, she'll ask on how, how was it for you? Did yeah, you yeah, enjoy yeah. it? Yeah. Is it possible she kind of is questioning he's enjoying it? He's maybe just, she's aware? Well, I think so. She usually asks if I enjoy them in the moment. And I guess I would wonder... If I get if I'm given a blowjob on a regular basis, why do I need to keep asking? And that would well, it's because you're it, insecure about your abilities. I'm and, and that would tell me by body language, or you're right? not sure in the answers you're getting because body language yeah. and what his words are are probably not con- congruent. Yeah, exactly. She's she can read be. Between the legs. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> see like what you did there. She can read between the lines on what's going on here mm-hmm. and know that mm, something's not right. He's not really into this. Right. Uh, right. Because there's an element of whenever somebody's insecure about something, it's felt. Whenever somebody's just tolerating something, it's felt. And it's just a question of do we have the courage enough to pay attention to that? Mm-hmm. And to be honest about that, and then also draw attention to that. Because, yes, he's in deep in this scenario. He is. Because he's gone for a while now. But my hunch is it's already more, more known than he's maybe letting on. 
And she's letting on. Uh, yeah, I think you got to come clean on this and yep. say, you know what? I've not wanted to hurt your feelings. The truth is always the best route. Yes. And one of the things is not introducing the truth when she asks the question right in the middle of or after. I mean, that's that's poor timing. Yeah. This is a a state of the affair conversation, the state of the incident conversation. Right. That's after the fact. Yeah. Or at some point over lunch where it's just kind of more civil. And it's like, you know what, honey? I don't know if you've been reading my body language, but I've been kind of stuck on, I don't really know how to tell you this, but, <laughs> right. but, but you know, and it's just kind of, then you just kind of ease your way into the truth. There's no good way to do it. But here's the flip. Well, there is a good way to do it. Oh, you were going with the saying. Oh, no, you, you go. were going, you were going, going with the saying. I'm just It's going to hurt either way. Yeah, it is going to yes, hurt. yes, there are better well, ways to do it than others, for sure. Yes, <laughs> Absolutely. I was going with the oh, oral sex the, skills. Oh, for Come on, baby. Okay. But there's also this element of uh, he's the one that's asking the question. So I'm going to flip the script for a second. How are his skills? Oh, in how's the his oral sex? In the interest of yeah. fair play, how often is he willing to put in the work to make sure he's good at what he's doing and getting, becoming a student of her to read her her body language situationally and curl her toes mm-hmm. and make sure that you don't have to ask the question because her body's telling you, Yeah, which is the same thing she's probably wanting too. Yeah, that's valid to ask. So yeah. in the interest of fair play, you better be learning the same for her. All right. All right, next question. I love him, but his body is not in good shape. He's lost over 200 pounds, which is, is amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. But has a ton of loose skin and still a pretty large stomach, which can make intimacy tough and sometimes gross. I love him for who he is and how he treats me, but I do struggle with how his belly and extra skin affect our sex life. I don't want to say anything that could hurt him, but I'm not sure how to handle it. Okay, again, this is we're, we're having a thread here in some of our questions with these with these mm-hmm. with this series. That how do I say something that's hurtful without them hurting? Mm, yeah, you can't. We don't get both. Yeah. If I know you know well enough of what you want to present, it's going to sting a bit. Yeah. But there's a difference in taking the stance of I'm using this and I'm weaponizing it and I'm actually being cruel with it, or I'm aware enough and I'm sensitive enough to know this is going to sting a bit, but I have the courage to still say it. Because he's aware of this this issue with himself. If he's already lost 200 pounds, he already knows. He could be incredibly proud of the journey he's been on. And maybe he's got more he still wants to go, hence the loose skin. Because if he's reached the level he wants to go, one of the steps is you go see a plastic surgeon mm-hmm. and talk about the options of dealing with loose skin. There's all kinds of medical procedures now that have come an incredibly long way mm-hmm. in dealing with this. But... It's recognizing there's this dilemma of who he, how he sees himself, how she sees him, and those aren't jiving. Well, some of that, what, what can really change on what you say? You know, the loose skin really is bothering me. Well, what can really change? Is that something that can absolutely change, or is it one that, no, I can't, get any, I can't do anything about it? Okay. So now you've ha- we both have to orient differently accordingly. Okay. You know, it's like if I was to look at you and say, hey, baby, you are just too short. And it's it's a real turnoff. And I'm going to totally exaggerate it. Sure. And there's nothing I can do about right. my height. It's like, 
I, you want me to wear stilts or something? But it's like, no, because I know you're not, you know, it's just that element of I've got to recognize that's who you are. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a component of this whole story. And so, yes, there's things that get in the way that have, that have been turnoffs to her. Mm-hmm. But what are the things that are turn-ons? Maybe not sexually, but turn-ons about him. His stick his discipline to lose 200 pounds, mm-hmm. his presence, his... There might be sexual things, too, though. Absolutely there And that's be. where you're dealing with positions that maybe affect... And um, situations. How they, yeah. Because if, you're, if you are particularly turned off by a part of, your bo- uh, of the body of your spouse, mm-hmm. well, then don't put yourself in positions when you can where that part takes center stage. Mm-hmm. You know, if the belly is that repulsive or annoying or frustrating or a turnoff to you, try different positions. Go rear entry. You're mm-hmm. not even looking that way at him. Mm-hmm. Right. And well, but that loses. Well, maybe it does, but it also allows you to still connect and engage because we don't always get this culminating, fantastic thing. I mean, that's the one thing that people I wish was taught better. What'd you have? Well, we don't always get this culminating fantastic thing. You can still be fantastic. Well, no, I mean, every single, every single time. I don't mean just with this couple. I mean, every single encounter I have with my, with my lover. Right isn't always fantastic fireworks. Yeah. So it's recognizing there's still a utility to this. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I think needs to be taught better, and maybe we can do this here just at least with the nation, Mm -hmm. is the idea that um, there are aspects of our development as human beings when it comes to our sexual natures. They, you know, they can just be gross. They can just be messy. They can just be, if you look at it at face value. But if you add an element of who the person is and you add a depth and you add an intimate bond and a, a history together, it changes it. Mm-hmm. Right? Because if some of these things happen on first dates, we're all gone. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because think about yeah. it. Think about all yeah. the different instances of, you know, you're, you're, you got foreplay going on and all of a sudden there's, whoa, what is that? Yeah. Right? What just happened here? Yeah. I can't, I can't find parts of you. Hold on. Okay. Well, we're, yeah, there's just all kinds of different things that can come up that are just like, whoa. Oh, but if you've got a history with each other, it means entirely different. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with navigating this by being able to say, you know what, honey, I love you, but intimacy sometimes still is tough because I'm going to be willing to bet he knows that already. Because mm-hmm. he's if he's paying attention, and if he's not, then you need to know that you're with a guy that's not paying attention either. <laughs> well, there's that. So look at it in the way of this isn't about how do I not hurt each other. This is about how I make it worth it with what I say because it's been it's moving the things forward for both of us. Hopefully. So my wife has never orgasmed, and we've been married for three and a half years. She enjoys herself, but has never orgasmed. I want her to be able to experience it, but I also know it's not helpful to try to force it. What do I do? Well, he's right that it's not helpful to try to force it because that just adds more pressure. And a lot of times orgasms for most human beings aren't increased and enhanced by pressure. Pressure to perform often isn't a good recipe. Right. So it's interesting the way he words this question because this happens a lot. Tell me... 
if you agree with this, that I want to give my partner something more than they want for themselves is basically what he's asking. That's what it sounds like. I mean, maybe she wants it too and just doesn't know how to get there. Absolutely. And that's a whole different answer because she can go find that, you know, there's good information. Um, There's, there's even courses out there online. You can find, we've Mm -hmm. got past guests that have talked about Mm -hmm. this in the archives. Yeah. Some of it maybe, maybe just neither of them knows the actual parts. Well, and, and that could be. So one of the things would be you got to make sure the clitoris is involved. Yeah. Right. And that typically is, is addressed best digitally or orally. Penile vaginal intercourse does not allow for a lot of clitoral stimulation unless she has her fingers involved or you have your fingers involved. Yeah. Or a toy lube, is involved. Some, or need some lube. Get some lube to help with that. Because as Lori Mintz has said, clitorises and vibrations go very well together. Yes, they do. So recognizing that a lot of women can struggle with this. You're three and a half years in mm-hmm. with her. And a lot of women need to get in, get on board with recognizing a lot of this begins in the mind. Right? It's where's my mind in this? Mm-hmm. Because I can add a whole lot of pressure to myself because I'm having struggle reaching whatever it mm-hmm. could be. So she also can uh, enjoy this and discover this solo if that's something she really wants to do. There's mm-hmm. a lot of women throughout the, the history of SMR that we've been aware of Mm -hmm. that they have launched this path solo and then they incorporate their husband at a later date Mm -hmm. because they're just trying to figure themselves out, which that's a benefit for everybody. It's just to understand yourself better. Just figure out what feels like what, what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy, enjoy. So it's just recognizing that this is a process. And so whether she gets there quickly or not, whether you get there quickly or not, are you together along the way on the journey? Are you expressing what it is that you want and hope for her, but also being okay with what she wants for herself? Because if she doesn't want it, then you're forcing it for yourself more than you are for her. And that's what we often can do. And that just might create a bigger divide and and a bigger wall for her. That's what fuels our, I want you to want this like I do. Mm -hmm. Because that gets in that scenario of the higher desire is always befuddled on how much they enjoy sex, and when they have sex with their lower desire spouse, they enjoy it too. So why would they not want more of it like I do because I enjoy it? Yeah. Right? And it's just, well, because it just doesn't mean the same thing to them. And so that you have to come to grips with who they are, not who you wish they were. Yeah. And so when you can do that, you have the chance to learn both compassion and support for yourself and each other. My partner and I are saving ourselves for marriage, but I've heard from friends that I should try it out before marriage just in case he has a micro penis and I'll be in the losing end. What if that's true? Okay, so this is the, uh, tell me your sources (laughs) of where your information is coming from. We say this to our kids a lot. Hey, I heard such and such, such a... Okay. Who told you that? Trust the source or no? Which is it? Right. right? And so when you're talking about friends that are encouraging this, most often friends are projecting their fears, their insecurities, their experiences onto other people. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's something, oh, I couldn't even imagine. When that's not their predicament at all. Mm-hmm. We can couch it under the, under the guise of, I really do care for you and I'm looking out for you. But most of it is self-serving. Mm-hmm. That's what the, that's what it's motivated from. So being able to see it as, hey, should I try it out beforehand or not? Because we've uh, this has been a question on 
the Christians Who Curse Sometimes platform before. Yeah, a number of, of times. Should we have premarital sex or not before mm-hmm. we get before the wedding day? And that's one of those things that here at SMR, we try not to be a moral compass for people. We try to help people ask better questions, right? We don't want to say, this is what you thou shouts. But instead, I think it's, it's better that you ask yourself the question of, what is your thoughts and gut tell you? What is your relationship with God tell you? What is your relationship with each other tell you? What's your integrity tell you? And if you're asking the question, trying to convince yourself of something, you probably already know the real answer, right? And that's true. As for the fear of what if I have a micro penis, my hunch is there are things you can be doing while you are dating each other that get a general idea of what's going on in his pants. I'm not saying go feeling around, but if you sit in his lap and you make out a little while, you'll probably get an idea of, whoa, there's something in the way down there. Enough said? Enough said. All right. Been married for seven weeks and sex sucks. How do my hubby and I get better at it? I don't like it very much and it hurts our sex life. Well, yes, if sex sucks, it would hurt your sex Yes, life. it does. And so first, uh, I think there needs to be an understanding for anybody that's in the nation that's in the newlywed category or the soon-to-be-wed category that most of the time, lots of couples face troubles like this early on because mm-hmm. we have such unrealistic, lofty expectations of what sex will be. Mm-hmm. And when we really get a chance to start doing it and to start figuring it out, one, we figure out we don't really know. <laughs> what we're doing possibly and we don't know what we don't know and we're anxious as can be about it that, that that's probably the biggest thing right yeah a little ignorance and a lot of anxiety right because i think we all believe it'll be nirvana every single time mm-hmm. when in reality it is sort of transactional at times it is just figuring stuff out at times it is just laboratory work at times if you look back at it it's hard to think of that in the moment of it mm-hmm. because it is wrapped in euphoria and love, and longing, and lust, and all of the kind of stuff that we usually have under the newlywed stage. Mm-hmm. But if you look back on all of us in the married that have been married a while, look back on your events mm-hmm. and realize, yeah, that was kind of lab work. We should have had lab coats and maybe even goggles. Goggles <laughs> would have been useful. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then, secondly, secondly, is this needs to be dealt with directly with her husband. Yeah. Then you need to speak up and just say, hey, this is this is a problem for me. Because what you really need to know is, is it a problem for him? Because mm-hmm. if it's not, that lets you know who you're dealing with. Good point. Right? Because then he doesn't care about the fact that you're not having fun or that you're uncomfortable or that you don't like it. I mean, I say the same kind of thread when talking with women about uh, dealing with painful sex, that you got to speak up about that because you need to know if your husband is compassionate enough and cares about that or not. Because mm-hmm. if he doesn't, that's a drastically different path you need to go down. True. If he does, now you got an ally. Well, you got a chance to have an ally in this by being able to say, hey, we could maybe do some dramatic renovating of this whole thing and figure it out. We could listen to some podcasts. We could read some books. We could talk to some friends, gasp about right. what it is that they... What was their journey like? Not to get pointers necessarily, but maybe you get a couple of things to realize we're all similar in this journey. 
I would say you're not too far off. It's not like you're the only people that had some bad experiences right. with sex early on um, and, in marriage. I, and then lastly is if if you discover you're at an impasse still because you both agree on something and yet you don't quite know what to do next, um, hook up with a good sex therapist. Find a good sex coach. Find somebody that does work in this field. <clears throat> Corey Allen. And work alongside them because that's what they're there for. They're mm-hmm. allies and advocates for you in this aspect of your life. So reach out, find somebody, and walk, have them walk alongside with you. It's money totally well spent Absolutely. as an investment in your marriage. And that would be Corey at smrnation.com. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So next question. I found out after four years of marriage, my husband was watching porn on a regular basis. Since it's come out, he has repented and says it's been months now since he's watched. But now every time we're intimate, I can't help but think he's picturing other women. I feel like our sex isn't healthy anymore because I feel like everything is just taken from porn. How can we overcome this? Okay. So this is there's there's two different threads to this, Pam, and I'm really, really interested for your chiming in on this too. Because mm-hmm. this has been our journey mm-hmm. uh, from from the past as well. So this is one of the struggles that everybody faces when you're dealing with betrayals. Because that's what this is. Is it's it's a betrayal. The, the way she's framing this is exactly mm-hmm. what the, the title of it. Is understanding there's a different path between trust and and dealing with the hurt, mm-hmm. right? We even have an episode back in the archives, mm-hmm. trust and hurt. Mm-hmm. Those are two different things. We heal them differently, and you have to allow room for the hurt that has nothing to do with rebuilding trust because it sounds like in some ways she feels like she's done that. He says D- he's repented with the trust aspect. Gotcha. That I'm, you know, the trust, I'm not as concerned about that maybe as, as I once was. Maybe. What I have, though, is the residual Mm-hmm. that's hanging back there. And so this is that idea of, I can't help but think he's picturing other women and it's not healthy because everything's just taken from porn. Well, that's a glossed over, that's a globalized statement. Everything, well, and it's her perception now, right. right? Because she's new to this information. True. So, so she's, that's her filter of what she thinks he's thinking, what she thinks he's doing with his mind. Mm-hmm. During sex, it's assumptions. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's real, maybe it's not. But for her, perception is reality, and that's where it is. No, agreed. And that's 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 worth spending a little bit of time on for a second. Is is this idea of how do I know my partner's with me? Yeah. Well, you don't. At end of the day, but if you're paying attention, you do. You can see the signs. You can feel it. Right, and then the question becomes. When you get a read, they've disconnected, or you are disconnected because you're trying to read if they're connected. This is where it gets really weird. Mm-hmm. Do you bring that up? Because it's likely he could pick up on that too. That yeah. you just disconnected. Because yeah. you're reading me. Now you guys are both on a path that's not towards connecting. Mm-mm. So oftentimes the best thing we can do is stop things for a moment and just say, hey, I'm sorry. I got caught up in wondering if you were with me. He can confirm it, or he could say, yeah, I got disconnected there. I didn't go to porn, but I did 
lose the, lose the vibe with you for a moment. And now you have a chance to reestablish because you both took the risk of owning where you were in those moments. Mm -hmm. That's what creates fantastic sexual encounters. It does. It sounds like it's very disruptive because, again, we have these lofty expectations from the question before that it'll all be seamless and flowing. Well, and if you and if he doesn't react well to you saying that, it, I mean, it, it could kind of kill it in that moment. Right. But at least you've broached the topic. Right. And now you've shown that mm, I'm not going to go through with this if my mind's not in the right spot. Right. And I want something that's actually both of us present going forward. Yeah. Let's be stronger. Let's be better. And so I'm going to have the courage to speak up when I lose disconnect or I lose connection. And I'm going to have courage to speak up when I feel like you have. Mm -hmm. Because if we're both paying attention, we realize there's a lot going on. Yeah. Because every, every sexual encounter has periods of disconnect and connect, mm -hmm. disconnect and connect. Our, our daily Rituals have periods of disconnect and connect. True. If you don't believe me, did you drive home from work one day and you had no clue how you got there? Like, I yeah. hope I didn't hit anybody, you know? Yeah, I don't remember the <laughs> last I two miles I don't remember at it at all because mm -hmm. that's a common occurrence. Mm -hmm. So it's just recognizing this is about how we grow and evolve as humans in real time in the sex act with each other. While at the same time, she gets a chance to confront what it is she's been trying to catch up to now, which is his his betrayal, mm -hmm. his choice, and she's the collateral damage of that. Mm -hmm. But to her statement, if I feel like everything is from porn now, that's a globalization because there's still sex going mm -hmm. on. And what changes in this whole thing, though, is it's sex with you. Mm -hmm. So be you and be present and be someone that's engaged and inviting. And when you're not, be honest about that yeah. and say, hey, I, I'm not there yet, but I want to try to get there. That's a courageous way because then basically what we say to, uh, it doesn't matter what our history has been, what we say to our spouse when I'm handling myself better to just be fully engaged in those things is there is no better choice you can make than what you're doing right now, honey. Mm -hmm. And the more I can live like that, man, that's limitless on where we can go together. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm just calling in to um, reference episode 571. Um, I can really relate to a lot of what the caller had to say when he called in. Um, so much of what he said paralleled my marriage. Um, I also struggled with pain, with um, a lack of desire, pain from the wedding night on, and also um, just some, experienced a lot of the same, same things. My husband even struggled with porn. Um, for a while, I think due to the um, differences in desires for both of us. So I can really relate to a lot. And um, one thing that I wanted to mention, especially for him, is to be aware that she might be feeling, uh, she might be heavily aware of that as well, the way he's feeling, and might feel like, like I did, there's something wrong with me. I'm not, I don't have the same desires as my husband. Um, what's wrong with me that I don't want sex more? I know for me, I cried a lot. I prayed a lot. Um, I tried to read books and I just really struggled that I didn't feel about sex the way my husband did, thinking almost that he was the normal one because he had such a strong desire and that there was something wrong with me. And so it took me a long time to figure out, okay, well, what are my desires? What do I want? 
Um, and, and to also find that my sexual drive is just lower than his, but that there's nothing wrong with that. And now that I've been able to embrace that, okay, I'm just, I have a slower drive. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with me. That has helped me to move forward. Um, it, since there was pornography, um, I know I struggled not to compare myself with porn stars. I could never be like that. You know, they seem so into it and so excited about everything. So that, of course, um, makes it difficult to not compare yourself to that and think that's what your husband wants, and I'm not that. Um, as far as pain, I wanted to just give some tips of what I've learned. I've actually learned um, some breathing techniques because you can actually trick your brain by breathing slow, deep breaths into a feeling of uh, relaxation, that your that your body relaxes. And so I would just suggest let her be in control, let her be on top, and take all pressure off that there has to be orgasm, that it has to finish, um, it has to be anything exciting that she can quit whenever she wants. Let her be in control. Let her just slowly ease on, take some deep breaths if she needs to. Don't put any pressure on her. That could really help her. And you could even just start with um, cuddling, affection, laying there naked together. Um, that has helped me. Um, thank you so much for all you guys do. I really love the show and, and a constant listener. So thank you. Bye. I love that uh, the nation helps out the nation. Yeah, that was some good information she gave. Appreciate that so much. Absolutely. And so if you want to join in the conversations that we have going on and you want to help out each other, um, your voice is welcome, please. 214-702-9565. Well, this has been fun, Pam. It has. Kind of a different different model of just let's go through some of the questions that are just out there. And maybe aren't really familiar with SMR, but they're familiar enough with via Instagram that we get a different flavor of questions at times. Because what we want to do is help everybody just live more vibrantly and alive and be passionately married. Because it's such a good avenue for our own development and our growth. And the world is just better when we're all better as people and as married couples. Mm -hmm. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. If we left something undone, let us know. 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com.